Hey, Real Nerds listeners, your favorite host, Ryan, here to remind you that social media is great. How great is it? There's many ways you can find the Real Nerds on social media. You can download us on iTunes. You can listen to us streaming on Stitcher Radio. You can call us 720-6Nerds5. Aw, man, our website is so cool. You can visit our website, realnerdspodcast.com. You want to leave some fan mail? Oh, that's so easy, realnerds at gmail.com. Twitter, we got it, at real underscore nerds. You can even like us on Facebook. Thank you so much, and hey, enjoy the show. You are now listening to the Real Nerds Podcast. I am Ryan. With me always is... Brad. And... James. And we are officially the unofficial podcast at Denver Comic Con 2015 and beyond. Every week we go see a new movie and we podcast our experience to the world. This week we saw Pitch Perfect 2. The pitches are back. <laughs> no, we didn't. We did not. We saw Mad Max Fury Road. Not that there's anything wrong with Pitch Perfect 2. No. My niece I, really wants to see that, so I'll yeah, probably take I, her. I was pleasantly surprised by the first one. <laughs> and my son, Kellen, will be making appearances on the show every once in a while. In the, in the background. Kellen, what did, you, what did you think of Mad Max? Oh, I thought it was amazing. Oh, man. I Kellen, tell everybody about Mad Max. I really like the part with the baby in it. That's horrible. That was really... No, that yeah, was that bad. Was bad. <laughs> it left him speechless. Oh... He just wants to grab it. He just wants to take down that mic. He doesn't care. Give me the mic, Dad. He has nothing to say. Um, We're a movie podcast, so we talk about movie news, stuff we've been watching, comic books. I have a cool comic book this week. Also, what's coming out on Blu-ray, some box office stats. But before we get into that, I want to address the elephant in the room. Brad's been gone for a week, and he was out in L.A., and I wanted to ask Brad about his experience out in L.A. And he was just eating the whole time, and now is an elephant. That's right. Yes. I had all the best LA cuisine. Oh wait, I had all the best <laughs> LA cuisine. Yeah, that's because the stars out there don't eat it. Yeah, <laughs> I ate all their leftovers. I didn't pay for a thing. Um, so how was it? It was cool. It was a lot of fun. Um, yeah, I, I was I gonna make the, fun of you guys. You had like a nice entourage picture there with the convertible and you, you guys in there. Yeah, I got to hang out with Zach Eastman out there. Um, and uh, yeah, I ordered a regular sedan, but when we got to the car rental place, like all they had left was convertible. But they just charge you for the regular sedan, right? Yeah. Oh, sweet. But I, I don't. California. I don't know what the regular sedan really was. So I don't know what I was missing, no, but California. it was pretty fun. Like I only ended up using a tank of gas the whole time, uh, oh, and we drove around a whole bunch. And that thing has some kick to it. Like, um, everyone was commenting that uh, I was my angry Denver driving was. Uh, prepared me for <laughs> LA. Like, if you are just like not paying attention for a second, you'll get honked at for anything. It's ridiculous. <laughs> really? Yeah. Um. So yeah, we had a ton of fun. the the movie related stuff was. Uh, I went to Hollywood Babylon. I know they didn't give us a shout out. Did you write one? I did. They didn't read it. Damn. A bunch of jerks from Australia got their stuff read. I know. I was like, I was working out and running at the time, and they got to the shout outs, and I was like on my mile and a half run. I'm like, this will make the last, you know, half mile go fast, and then even get it. Yeah. Did you hear uh, us laughing in the background? Mm-mm. Yeah. 
Anyway, um, yeah, I, I wrote an email saying like, hey, uh, I'd like to give a shout out to my real nerds back home for their getting to their 200th episode. And uh, P.S., please tell Zach Eastman to stop fucking Ryan's dogs. <laughs> and that didn't happen. So I guess... Uh, just not reading the email, not fucking my dog. Yeah, that happened. still happening. <laughs> um, yeah, and then... Uh, yeah, so how about yeah. Kevin Smith and Ralph Garman? And then uh, I did the Warner Brothers tour, which is fun. Uh, tour around all the back lots. Lots. We went to the Big Bang Theory set, which was kind of closed down. Like they had tarps on everything. And then the Mike and Molly set, which was still like operational. And they had a Batman exhibit, so like yeah. all the costumes yeah. and props from like 1989 up to Dark Knight Rises mm. were on display. So like all the authentic shit is awesome. I took a bunch of pictures. I haven't posted yet, but that was sweet. Uh, yeah, I did, um, went to the Chinese, Grandma's Chinese Theater. Ooh. Yeah. Did you see a movie there? No, I didn't have time to, but I got to, Taylor and I, uh, like during the tour, like they had, like they were getting ready for tonight, the night shows and they had the popcorn going and like towards the end of the tour, we were about to leave, like go outside again. I was like, hang on, I have one question. Can I get some popcorn? (laughs) And she's like, yeah, well, when we come back inside, I was like, yes. Mm -hmm. And then we, uh, we came back in, the lady like gave us a, like comped popcorn and drinks and then taylor and i oh, just wow. sat in the seats uh watching them like prepare the projector and stuff so it's a beautiful theater like yeah i saw the picture of it, it they, awesome. they recently re- renovated it because this chinese company owns it now um and we were talking to uh the event coordinator because i was like <laughs> what would it cost to show john claude here and it's like almost 20 grand <laughs> after like what 70 80 years that 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 building is actually owned by the chinese now mm-hmm. yeah it was originally owned by i think oh, what was his name oh sid grauman mm-hmm. and then uh and i was i was saying like yeah so um like they were talking about how like they still have to attract business i'm like you seem like the first theater that anyone would go to in this town and they're like no people actually just think we're a chinese restaurant <laughs> so like yeah like uh, they just think the handprints and stuff outside are just part of the city, like, and mm-hmm. then we're like this Chinese restaurant. I'm like, wow, like, I, if you know, I tried to, like, I would have seen a movie there, but like, that's the first thing I think of is if I go to LA, I'm gonna watch a movie at that theater. Mm-hmm. And then there's like the Egyptian across the street, which is like another um, offshoot of it. It's like really tucked away, and that one I can imagine like people not noticing because it's so behind the buildings. Um, so yeah, that's cool. Um. Very neat. Yeah, and I did some other non-movie related stuff. You're on a podcast, so promoting your movie, though, right? Oh yeah, I, I was on the Nerd Fat podcast. Um, and that was a, that was a blast. I mean, it, their show's three hours, <laughs> so uh, but we had like seven people on it. So um, yeah, they uh, they were good hosts, and um, then I did I, my own separate interview uh, for their D20 to ask me 20 questions and stuff. Um, and they say hi. Very Obviously, cool. they owe a lot to us for getting this started. Yeah. So. <laughs> We're the only reason. Yeah. No, uh, it's cool. Yeah, it was a good time. They Very were neat. Super gracious hosts and yeah. Cool. Nice. Um, so like every week, we start out with what's playing at the Alamo this week. Hey, it's me, your old buddy Toka. In the future. The world is a wasteland of sand and ash, all because the downfall of society was brought upon by the callousness of humans. Do yourself a fucking favor and pretend to care.
turn off your cell phone and shut your face. Or you might look into the night sky and see this swift hand of vengeance descending upon you and you wouldn't like that, would you? Ha ha! Cut, 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 cut. Good, you. Good, Thank good, good. you. Um, just a little, little less scary, I think. Oh. A little less scary. Okay. Have a lovely day. there's actually a couple things i want to mention um so next week there's salad days which is the dc punk revolution um they also have the craft dinner which this one actually sounds pretty fun it's big trouble in little china with mockery brewery um the science friction is sky captain in the world of tomorrow oh that's awesome i know i got the blu-ray i haven't watched it yet um, Mile High Sci-Fi versus Dirty Dancing. <laughs> and I'm going to be busy this uh, afternoon, guys. Uh, afternoon tea is an ideal husband. Oh. I'm just... Did you go to that Army of Darkness craft beer they had recently? No, it sold out. Oh, again? Super fast, yeah. And uh, one more thing about the Alamo Draft House. They are actually teaming up with Michael J. Fox and peddling for Parkinson's. They have a Back to the Future benefit playing at the Alamo Draft House. Um before the show starts, and this is Tuesday, uh, Thursday, May 28th at 7.30, there's going to be a special introduction by Michael J. Fox. Um, all ticket proceeds will be donated to Pedaling for Parkinson's, which is basically a foundation that they race bikes and raise money to help cure Parkinson's, and Michael J. Fox is a big supporter of it. So if you uh, want to see Back to the Future, which is a great movie and help a great cause, buy tickets for Pedaling for Parkinson's Back to the Future special at the Alamo Draft House with a special introduction by Marty himself, Michael J. Fox. That's cool. Yeah, I don't think you can really go wrong there. Did you, um, you don't happen to have, I, I know because I, I was there yesterday, they have a special thing going on with Odell's right now where they, um, they've got like their own special brew and they've got a giveaway going on for that, but I don't have the, I don't have the phone number for it. I was looking for it really quick, but either way, if you stop by, make sure that you, also, you, if you support s- them. Did you see if you see Jurassic World there, you get Jurassic World pint glasses? Oh, oh man. I know. So I, got, cool. I got to get a T-Rex pint glass. It, it feels like something like, you know, it's a very 1993 thing to do to advertise yeah. for a movie is to make a, a special pint glass. I'm down. Um, yeah. There are also, Jurassic World also has its own, like, things of Barbersol, uh, you know, like from really? the original movie. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. Like, they're, they're advertising on Barbersol. Which is cool. That'd be cool if you, when you use the, sh- you know, the shaving cream and it like popped open. Oh yeah. And then Nedry's like, oh. <laughs> it would be, <laughs> it'd be really good if like if they did it like a golden ticket thing where like there were two cans out there and that it, if you embryos. found those cans where they where they unscrewed on the bottom they'd like fly you to L A for the premiere or whatever like that's what they that would be awesome. Why are we in charge? Seriously. You walk in the grocery store you just see all these like ripped open cans. <laughs> <laughs> Man, that's cool. Uh, and one more thing, our good buddy Jonathan Tiersten is playing a live show at the West Hollywood House of Blues. Cool. May 19th. That's a Tuesday. That's awesome. This coming Tuesday. So make sure you go out and see Jonathan Tiersten. He's awesome live, if you haven't had a chance to see him live yet. Yeah. He bled the last time we saw him. Yeah, at Starfest. He played so hard, his fingers bled. Well, that wasn't the last time I saw him play live. He actually played live for me personally and wrote a song for me personally. Oh, that's on true. On Real Nerds Pod Show episode... You can check that out on our YouTube page, our website, realnerdspodcast.com, or you can also go to Vimeo and check it out, or Funny or Die and check it out. We're all there, and you can see Jonathan Tiersten sing Squeal Piggy is the name of the song. 
And one of my favorite memories is I'm like, Jonathan, make up a song and sing it to me. He's like, okay, Ryan. And he sat down and sang it. <laughs> so, so go good. see him live because his albums are really good. His last album was really, really good called Family. So make sure you check it out. You can download it on iTunes along with all of his stuff. Cool, guys. What cool. do you want to start with first? Um, how about some what what we've been watching? So, uh, yeah, this is the stuff we've been watching. Brad, you haven't, you've been gone for a while. You start. Um, let's see. What did I watch? Uh, just this morning, I rewatched Terminator Salvation. Gotcha. And I don't really hate that movie. No. It's not no. really that. I mean, um, <laughs> your baby's <laughs> trying to derail me. <laughs> um, Brad, Brad, just let me play with your mic. Yeah. Come on, please. I just, I just play, play with your dad's mic. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, it's, uh, like I, I guess this, the biggest thing is it just feels like a bunch of missed opportunities. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. like uh, spoiler, the um, Marcus, like they take his heart and replace it for John Connor. I think it would been been way more impactful because everyone listens to listens to John Connor on the radio, and, like no one really sees his face. That like. Marcus could have been John Connor, you know. Yeah, I think that's the original ending of that was that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I was telling Ryan earlier, like the whole, like it was rated R to begin with, but they brought it down to PG thirteen because they cut out the scene with that chick showing her boobs, and apparently the copy I have, that's like just the the only version that's on there. So I'm like, I watched it, and it's it's like this. No, you uh, see her boobs, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> he is really excited by that. Yeah. <laughs> Daddy started him up right. <laughs> um, yeah, it was like a completely useless scene. Mm-hmm. It, was, it was awkward and it like, seems like it was just shoot a horn in there. It's like, oh, she's pretty. Let's show boob. Yeah, I, well, but you don't really see boob though. Well, so I think it's, I think it, it's clearly that they wrote it in so that they could get nudity in the movie. But then when you then take the scene out, I think it actually makes less sense because then it, like they just skip to the scene where all of a sudden these guys are there and they're like. <laughs> harassing her whereas if that scene is there then you realize like oh okay like they're off watching and like like, watching it it seems like they have that scene and then it's just all of a sudden these guys show up (laughs) yeah like she just kind of they look at each other and they turns away it's like it's still like there's it still seems like there's a frame missing or something (laughs) connect the two yeah um but yeah like uh the story is pretty okay Uh, i think the special effects are pretty solid like they actually look better on my tv than they did in the theater Hmm. um so I still love that scene where he jumps in the helicopter and it's like one continuous shot yeah. and the helicopter crashes. I think that's a oh, really cool scene. Yeah, um, it's great. And it's a pretty good, uh, like stunt, uh, like ideas of like getting those little motorcycles to swing around and like hit the carrier and mm-hmm. stuff like that. Um, cool set pieces. And then if, even like the, uh, the digital Arnold at the end is pretty sweet. Uh, actually it doesn't look as fake as it did in the theater. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, then also, because um, of Mad Max, uh, I rewatched Bronson, which I was like, God, I forgot Nicholas, like the guy who did Drive, did this movie mm-hmm. too, mm-hmm. and uh, that movie is fantastic. And I see new stuff again and again. Like I, I haven't seen it in a while, uh, but um, it's the story of um, Britain's most violent prisoner. Um, he's just this crazy guy who just loves being in prison. So um, he got busted originally for. Uh, knocking over a post office for like 10 bucks or 10 quid, I don't know, pounds. 
Um, so like eighteen dollars. <laughs> yeah, and they gave him seven years for it in prison, and Holy he's got shit. he got addicted to being in prison. Like it was fun for him. So when they tried to release him each time, um, he would find ways to like increase his sentence. And then he did so much that they declared him insane. And then he had to go to an insane asylum, and that was like a big mistake for him. So he tried to murder somebody to get out of it, and then that guy survived. So he just went back to like, you know, he got to go back to prison, but. Uh, um, no, no, he got released. Um, he got declared sane, and so he was out in the world, trying to like have a regular life again. And then, like sixty-seven days later, um, he just couldn't stand it anymore, so he committed another crime to get back into prison. <laughs> um, wow. But yeah, that's the way. Uh, just the direction of the movie. Um, uh, like he has all these interstitials where, like a. Uh, Charlie Brown, his original name is Mike uh, Michael Peterson, but he wanted to be famous, so like he picked the stage name Charles Bronson. And actually, right now, I guess as of last year, I looked it up. He changed his name to Charles Salvador because I guess deep down he's like in like unrecognized artist. Like he he says he wants to be famous, but um, part of like his most recent sense is like he has a therapy of doing art and stuff. One of his famous artists is Salvador Dali, so now he calls himself Charles Salvador. And I guess if you watch the movie, you can kind of see that maybe all this aggression and everything is just him never realizing his potential. It's like like he wants to be famous, but maybe he just wants to be seen as an artist. So there's like this dynamic that the movie kind of tries to portray. Um, Yeah. um, Because he doesn't seem like all that... Bad guy. And I watched the bonus features. Apparently, he's like super nice. It's just like he has this thing about him that he just really likes jail. Yeah, he just really likes jail. He likes he likes being crazy. And um, huh? Yeah, that's um, interesting. And then what else did I watch? No, it's good. That's it? I'm not gonna. I I did watch. Oh, I watched Inception again because uh, on the Nerd Fat podcast we had to watch that. And um, yeah, I hadn't seen that in a while. And uh, I love that movie. Yeah, it's I. I Forgot how impressive it actually is. Like I think on their podcast, um, I just kind of was like, "Yeah, it was okay." And then I rewatched it again, and I was like, "Oh yeah, this is." And then I I did in that movie mode where on the major stunts they yeah. it stops and it shows you the behind the scenes, um, and just like all the like building that rig to make the rotating hallway and stuff. It's just like yeah, it's impressive. And then uh, like the last the snow fortress like. They built a real one, like, mm-hmm. and then it, when it wasn't snowing, and then it, like right before they got lucky and it snowed enough, and then um, huh, it didn't blow up right, so they had to build a miniature like in Los Angeles, and then that one didn't blow up right, so they had to build a second one in like a parking lot. Um, oh, yeah, just funny, fascinating. Um, and I totally forgot about the part about um, like before I watched that, I forgot about the whole mall subplot in Cobb's like wife storyline. Like I totally forgot that's like the antagonist in the movie. Oh yeah, Wait, really? Yeah. Like, oh my goodness. All I re- remembered before that was like you just remember the whole part of like, oh, we gotta get in this guy's brain. Yeah, drop this idea inside this businessman's brain, and yeah, I totally forgot that Cobb had that like hmm. dilemma of her sabotaging all of his work. So. Wow. Yep. That's uh, like that's like all I remember from that movie. Yeah. Oh, and I watched the rundown. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, I love that movie. All right, yeah. now we're talking. 
I mean, that's just silly. <laughs> you yeah. understand the concept of the tooth fairy? <laughs> uh, I'll talk about this here in a second, but I can tell you, maybe like the third or fourth best adventure, <laughs> like like pulpy adventure movie ever it's made. It's got some really good stunts, like <sighs> those stuntmen rolling down that hill. Like that looked brutal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I'd like to know how they did that safely. And then, uh, yeah, then Christopher Walken's death scene at the end, like it's so <laughs> yeah. like over the top and like strung out. It is. Uh, <laughs> anyway um but it, yeah it's a fun movie so um yeah salvation bronson uh inception rundown all fun you should watch them yeah nice. yeah that's it for me cool is it me sure okay um so i'll i'll run through some of the crap that i watched this week and then get to the good stuff so that i can spend time on that um i've watched uh watched a little movie that's it's actually the second alan quartermain movie um, called Alan Quarterman and the Lost City of Gold, oh, yeah. um, which stars uh, Richard Chamberlain and Sharon Stone and uh, James Earl Jones. And basically, uh, Richard Chamberlain plays Alan Quartermain. I guess his brother goes missing at the beginning, and rather than go get married in America, he goes looking for his brother. Um, it's apparently incredibly easy to find El Dorado. They just like go through some, some woods that are kind of scary <laughs> in Africa. And then the next thing they know, there's like, oh man, there's like lava everywhere. And then there's this city of gold. And then it like, it, <sighs> and at that point, like the movie is already long in the tooth. It's already been really boring and disappointing and poorly written. Um, and they like, at one point they fight like some little like snake puppet monster things in a cave that looks horrible. So it's just, um, I mean, I only remember, sorry, I only remember the King Solomon's Mine one. Right, which that one I haven't seen yet. Because I didn't know which order they were in. I just ordered like the the one that was available on Blu-ray at that mm-hmm. point. Um, and so I watched this one first. And it doesn't really matter other than like, there's a line that, that it feels like a made for TV movie where there's this line at the beginning where they directly reference like, Oh yeah, my brother who we saw when we went on that, uh, that trip to find <laughs> King Solomon's mines. And you're like, Oh my gosh, like, could you be more on the nose? Um, and so then like the whole second half of the movie, they go to this, they go to this city and there's like, there's this evil wizard dude who's like turning people into gold statues. Cool. And, they they have to fight him like he's in charge of the the town, but they have to sort of overthrow him. And the way they do that is that James Earl Jones, um, first Richard Chamberlain like outsmarts them all because there's this guy who shows up and is like, Alan Quartermain, look at this, and he takes a rock and he smacks his head into it and breaks the rock in half, and he's like, look how powerful I am, and and like totally like schools Alan Quartermain apparently, and so Alan Quartermain has to show him up. So there's this much bigger rock. And Alan goes up and challenges the guy to break that with his head, and he tries and hurts his head, of course. And then Alan, like, sneaks some dynamite in there and blows the whole rock up like he's a wizard. And then then they're like, oh, well, here, you if you can break this, this table, basically, it's a big stone table, like, that's the source of all the wizard's power like or authority. So if you can break that, then, like, we'll all be free. And the wizards are just, like, standing there. Like, nobody's, like, he's not trying to stop them or whatever. Like, it and makes it's no like sense. a legitimate wizard? No, well, he's like a... Um, I don't know. Maybe he's like, like the an bad alchemist. Guy from yeah, Big Trouble in Little he's China. like he's like the religious leader. Like he doesn't mm. shoot lightning or anything. He's like the religious leader. He's like a grand wizard, if you will. Right on. Um, and so he uh he oh because I also forgot the fact that they're looking for this lost city of gold and the um 
how do they how do they say it? The like civilization of white people that are there. Like there are a couple times where they reference that like there's supposed to be a bunch of white people in this town in Africa. It sounds and like a propaganda film. <laughs> so the first thing that happens when they get there is this little white boy comes running out of the town ta- out of this city, and you're like, what the? And they even reference like, oh look, the white the white people are here, and I was like. Oh my god! Because it's supposed to be that there is no white people in Africa. I guess or so. I that, guess so. that'd be shocking. Well, or? because if there's apparently if there's a bunch of gold in Africa, it has to be owned by white people. Mm. I think that's what they're saying. So then they they save the little white boy from a lion, uh, which of course ends up being and they let like, the little black boy fall to the lion. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, so then, like, of course, the 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 lion is like the favorite animal of this city. So then, that's how they first get into into trouble. Mm. Um, but then the the whole town is full of like every nationality that exists. Um, but whatever, I I don't know. There are a couple times where they say they say like the white race, and you're like, whoa, weird. whoa, this is getting weird. <laughs> um, so so the way that they they like piss off the the grand wizard is that James Earl Jones is there with this giant axe that looks like it's carved out of plastic. They even knock on it at one point, and it sounds hollow. Like, it's a big, hollow-looking piece of plastic. And he gets it up and swings, because he's, like, he's this horribly racist, like, savage uh, African tribesman, um, and who, but who speaks like James Earl Jones. He speaks like he's reading Shakespeare. Um, and he swings this axe and breaks this table in half, um, which is apparently a feat. And, oh, and it's in slow motion. And then they go to war. So, like, the wizard guy runs away with a whole army and then comes back and attacks the town. And it just looks like garbage. Like, it's not very entertaining. Um, so, I mean, I'll... I'll I have no I idea guess, what you just explained to me. Yeah, dude, I don't know. I watched the whole <laughs> movie, man. Uh, and I'm going to have to watch King Solomon's Mines, too. Like, I, I don't know what I've gotten myself into. I remember King Solomon's Mind being fun, but again, I was like six when I saw it. So. Oh, man. I know there's a part where they're rolling in a big ball, I think. Oh, there's some really bad, like, they're trying to make it an Indiana Jones movie. Like, it starts with a guy who at first I thought was Richard Chamberlain running through the jungle, being chased by like savage natives. It's very much like the beginning of Raiders. Hmm. Um, but then it intercuts with like Sharon Stone riding on a horse. Topless? To go meet. No, 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 oh, no. Man. Then I'd watch it. Um, to go meet Alan Quartermain or something. I don't know. Um, anyway, so I don't, don't see that movie, but if you want to, I own a Blu-ray that you can fucking have, man. <laughs> um, so, uh, Sweet, free Blu-ray. I also, speaking of other shit that I bought that I probably shouldn't own, um, last week when I was at Tradesmart, they had Missing in Action 1 and Missing in Action 2 starring oh, Chuck Norris sweet. Uh, on Blu-ray. And I was like, these oh, that's are, right. these you are cheap. That to me. Yeah, I sent you a photo of it because I, <laughs> I took a photo of the two and sent them to Ryan and said, I don't know what I just did. It's like I, I think I just did something very well, stupid, I, and I'm pretty sure that people say that missing missing in action is like his best movie. It's not horrible. Like it's it's a palatable film. It's um it's basically Rambo two. So it starts off and um Chuck Norris is in a hotel room and he can't sleep and he wears a lot of denim and he um he's having these nightmares about like oh man like he was in a POW camp uh during Vietnam and he got out. But he knows that there are guys back there, and the TV is nothing but the news saying like the you know the Vietnam government is swearing that there are no POWs left in Vietnam, and he's just like I know that's not true. So uh, he goes over there like as a he's like a he's supposed to be like a bodyguard or something like that, but he to for some people who are going over to Vietnam, 
But as soon as he gets there, like he sneaks out of the hotel room and he sneaks over and like finds this Vietnam general guy and like puts a knife to his neck in the middle of the night and is like, you know, hey, where where are all the POWs? I'm gonna go save them and like threatens him and finally gets the location out of him, sort of. So he gets on a boat and rides up the river and finds the POWs and he frees them and uh and there's this like tribunal thing going on uh and literally he he gets them back to the city like walks them to the uh to like the town hall where this thing is happening and right as the Vietnam guy is saying like there are no POWs left in Vietnam he kicks open the door with this guy under his arm and like the music blares <laughs> and it's like goes slow motion and like freeze frames on Chuck Norris like ah I got guys here man and then the credits roll and you're like yeah sweet um so the the thing though that makes this not as good as a Rambo as like Rambo 2 though is that with Rambo 2, he's run, or with you know with Rambo I should say he's running around shooting all like he shoots all the bullets at all the guys and everyone dies right like it's like the scene in Commando mm-hmm. where he's just like mowing people down. This movie suffers from like the A Team syndrome where all the guys shoot all the bullets at him but don't ever hit him. <laughs> so like. Yo, he'll he'll he's got a gun, and every time he shoots one, you see a guy die. But it's not like here's big Chuck Norris like kicking ass and killing everybody, and it's just like a slaughter fest. Like, no, he's just he's just way better at like shooting guys with a rifle from the hip than than they are shooting him with rocket. Like literally, there is a thing. Oh, he's like he's trying to get himself into trouble. Aw, um. There is literally a sequence where they're they're on the boat and they're trying to get away, and you've got like um, there are grenades going off in the background. So these guys are like they're shooting like grenade launchers at this boat that Chuck Norris is in, but they're blowing up way in the background. Like they are so inaccurate at being able to hit Chuck Norris with the Vietnamese. Any, yeah. Well, don't e- don't even. Well, they're don't even. Maybe they can't see as much. God damn it. <laughs> You're the worst. Yeah, man. Um, <laughs> you're more racist than Richard Chamberlain in Africa. Aw, oh, man. <laughs> um, so anyway, I, I mean, I'll watch the second one, but uh, I was not like... The views expressed by Ryan Frost do not necessarily represent the views of Real Nurse Podcast. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> uh, cut, cut that out and put that at the beginning of the show. Um, so, uh, all right. So I also watched... Um, I watched Always because I, you know, all of those uh, Steven Spielberg Blu-rays have started coming out, which I will really quick say I'm very afraid of. I, this is the first one of the that last batch that came out. There is not a single special feature on this thing. Um, it's super sad. And if if Sugarland Express and 1941 are the same way, I'm gonna be really sad. Which know, I'm sure. No, they I are. know 1941 has tons. I don't think Sugarland Express has any though. Ugh, man, it, it was part of his uh, director's collection. And I read yeah. the review of it on Blu-ray.com. Yeah. And 1941 um, and a few other ones have a dual has a lot of special features. Oh, good. But always in Sugarland Express don't have any. Yeah. Oh man, that sucks. Um, anyway, this is the first time I think I've actually seen Always. Like I sort of knew Always, but anyway, um, movie's great. Honestly, yep. it was it uh, was John it was, Goodman. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it was right after I watched Alan Quartermain, and I was like, 
I, you know, I was working on stuff at home, and I was like, oh, I should just throw something on in the background I don't have to pay attention to. But I was so worn out by watching bad movies, I was like, i got to watch something I think is going to be good. And it's great. Like, I yeah. genuinely love that movie. And what a what an amazing script, too. Like, there are really great lines in there, like, uh, shut up, kiss me, and fly, that, like, was 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 said by Holly Hunter, and I immediately was just like, Pyaw! like, I was like, <laughs> that was so good. Um, it was, it's really a great movie. Um, if you haven't seen it, I, I almost, I, I don't even want to say anything about what the the story is because it was really, since it's, since I've hadn't seen it before, it was really refreshing to just experience for the first time. Um, but you should go check it out. Really cool idea. Brilliantly scripted. All of the little ways that they, they start to convey like what the rules of this world are are fantastic um and, and they even there there are little moments where richard dreyfus will whisper something into somebody's ear and you th- you realize he thinks he's doing something good but you'll see the way they react like he's he he's almost saying it to be like nice you know like there's a point where he says like oh you'll you'll always be my girl and you know he's saying it to like be encouraging but you see the look on her face and she does not take it that way uh and just just brilliant moments like that um, so for sure, check that out. Um, that's like Spielberg's had so many years where he's done two movies, like, well, two movies have come out, come out in the same year. And I yeah. think that one just got swallowed up by last crusade. Oh yeah. Mm. Um, and it's too bad because it, it, yeah. it's funny cause as I was watching it, I really wanted to like measure it against his other movies and say like, could this be like one of my top five? And I'm like, you know, it's probably not. I mean, honestly, like it's, it is probably just on the on the lo- even maybe even on the lower half of all of his films but it's better than most of the movies i've seen <laughs> right like that's what's insane about him is i'm watching this thing and just going this guy's so freaking talented that like this movie is is just middle of the road for him but is one of the best movies of that year i'm sure yeah um it's just crazy um so yeah for sure check out always um, but the Blu-ray sucks. I was so pissed. <laughs> was the, the picture, picture quality at least yeah. good? Um, yeah, the picture's good. Um, you know, it's it's a movie from from that era where eighty nine. <sighs> there's I, there's a couple of places where there's some composite work that's not Bad great. Matt lines, yeah. yeah, like, but it's not it's not the transfer's fault. You know, it's not yeah. like Out of Africa bad. No, 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 no. <laughs> it's like um, Last Crusade when the uh, Nazi yes. guy is. Shaking his fist at the blimp. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Oh, totally. Yeah. Exactly. Um, but it's not. I, I mean, the movie's gorgeous. Whenever it's in frame, whenever it's in the shot or in the camera, it's a brilliant looking movie. So, yeah. uh, and the, so that part of the Blu-ray is good. Um, I also, and Ryan, you talked about this a couple of weeks ago. I watched Going Clear, the Scientology documentary oh, yeah. on HBO, um, which was fascinating. Really worth you know checking out. Um, just a, a well-made documentary. Not as Surprisingly, not that scary. No, I don't think like, it's scary. It was fascinating. Or unsettling, I should yeah, say. Yeah, fascinating. Yeah. But it just, it, the whole time I'm watching it, I, I'm just thinking, wow, people believe this shit? Yeah. And that's all I could think of. And I'll probably never watch it again. It's well done, but... Well, and there, there, just, are, there are like some, some kind of unsettling moments where they're talking about people being harassed by the church. Yeah. And that part is unsettling. And you're like, man, this is screwed up. But unlike the jinx, the nice thing about this documentary is when it ends, they talk about like how 
uh, membership in the church is really low, and mm-hmm. everything seems to be going poorly for well, them. Even and you're Tom like, Cruise oh, good. Is like stepped way back from it. Oh yeah. Oh so yeah. He, even he's like, uh, yeah. this is weird. I mean, the movie ends up being this call to arms, basically to Tom Cruise to say like, dude, you should come out of and say that you mm. are not for this anymore. Yeah. Um, because even if, because here's the truth. If he came out and was like, Hey, look, you guys are going to start hearing stuff about me because of the church, but this is what they did. And this yeah. is how I felt. And this is what it really is. Even if it came out and it was like, dude, Tom Cruise, like totally hit and ran, killed somebody once. Like that's what he told the church. Honestly, that's why he's so good at running. Yeah. Like, Oh <laughs> shit. <laughs> if it were something really bad. And that's the only thing I could think of that would be like really horrible that, you mm-hmm. know, um, honestly, there'd be a part of me as horrible as it is that would kind of give him a little bit of a pass. It would still be bad and it would color my yeah. opinion of him to some degree. Uh, not for the record, Tom Cruise did not hit and run somebody as far as I know. Um, but if he were willing to admit that in order to, um, come out against this thing that is clearly a negative power in the world, um, I would, I would be on his side. Like yeah. I'd be, and it, w- it would be a really cool thing for him. Here's to do. the thing is I've seen like, if you watch inside the actor studio with Tom Cruise, yeah. I don't think he's a bad guy. Oh no, not at all. And so that's uh, that they hold this over the people is, you know, the big right. thing is, you know, they tell you tell them your secrets and then they hold it over you Yeah. saying, Oh, if you go out, we're going to tell about that time you were in college and you suck that guy's dick. Yeah. That, you know, that's the kind of stuff it could be. Yeah. And, yeah. And exactly. Which, honestly, just, if it were that, I'd be like, okay, yeah, I like great. I wouldn't care. Yeah. Like who gives a shit? Exactly. Um, but, uh, and he's got enough money that I'm sure if they tried to harass him or anything, like he gets a bunch of security guards and is like, mm-hmm. hey, I'm going to spend some money. I'm going to make a, a, a mission, another Mission Impossible movie and all of that money will oh, go towards dude. making sure that you guys don't bother me. Mission Impossible 6, he has to like get inside the Scientology <gasps> building. Oh, that would shit. be, oh, that's what he should do is he should sneak it into one of his movies. Like it should be <laughs> like, like in the next Mission Impossible, like. The the big twist at the end should be like, oh, it's Scientology that did all this, and they're they're horrible Nazis, and this is what they believe, and the whole thing is the worst, and like no one knows about it until they're the rogue it nation. releases. Oh, yeah. oh! <laughs> <laughs> I am so excited! Oh man, that would be so cool. That would be awesome. He just like bitch slapped him on a huge movie. Yeah, <laughs> like the, like his catch lines become cool shit. Like suppress this, and then he just shoots a guy. <laughs> yeah. Like punches a guy. Now you're clear. Or he he like slices a guy's stomach and his guts pour. He's like, no, all your secrets are out. Oh. <laughs> He's like, what's your thetan count? <laughs> Zero. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dude, at the, at the end he throws the bad guy into a volcano. Oh. Out of a DC-8. And it's Tom Hanks. Yeah. <laughs> oh, any, any Joe versus Volcano fans out Volcano there? Volcano one, <laughs> Joe zero. <laughs> <laughs> oh, see that's how. Oh no! And then they end up. He ends up like as soon as they they reveal that Scientology is the bad guy, then he's like, you know what? I need some help. And he gets on the phone. It calls John Travolta playing John Travolta <laughs> in the movie and he and and yeah, Ethan I'll, Hunt I'll, I'll and John right Travolta fight his character in Battlefield Earth. Oh, oh. shit, yeah. <laughs> yes. He comes with a spaceship down yep. to fight Scientology. Oh. I'll be right there. <laughs> <sighs> and then they have like a dance off. They oh, fight yeah. Tom Cruise. That'd be sweet. <sighs> yes, that's that, that's great. Anyway, very last thing that I saw <laughs> Uh, was Tangled. I had never, I had oh, never seen Tangled movie. before. Um, and unfortunately, so I got a Blu-ray for cheap at uh, at Trademark, 
and it ended up having like a, a little divot on one of the corners, so it wasn't spinning right. So I just watched it on Amazon. So I'm gonna have to take it back. But um, but yeah, I you know I don't know why I had never seen it. I think um, honestly there is this sort of level of like, oh okay, it's another princess movie, right? And I I didn't really care for Princess and the Frog that much. Like it was it was mm-hmm. visually gorgeous, but I was like, meh, you know, not not the best. Um, and this is one where. Well, you're the reason they don't make hand-drawn animations anymore, James. <laughs> hey, no, I said I would love like even this movie should be hand-drawn. It would be it would honestly look better because there are, there are parts of it that look a little Shrekish to me. Um, but the uh, yeah, the movie's really great as a musical. I think it's really cool. Oh, I yeah. think I think it's better than I think it's better than Frozen, both as a movie but also as a musical. Because in this one, the music to me feels more like uh, like it actually is. The characters saying what they want to say in that scene, but they're saying it in song. Whereas in Frozen, there's a like "Let It Go" is a really good example. I think "Let It Go" is actually a really horrible song in that musical. Like, I don't think it really. Son of a bitch! We just lost all our followers on Twitter. <laughs> all all eight year old girls just stopped listening to the to the podcast. Um, no, I just I, I think that it is a really catchy song, um, but it doesn't like. Like Elsa's not really the main character of the movie, and it's not. It doesn't. What she's saying in that song doesn't really feel like what she should be saying in that moment. Really, um, I whereas, think so. She's saying "Let it go" that she doesn't have to hide her powers anymore. Yeah, but it's not. Anyway, but it's a different conversation. Like I, I like Frozen. Or you're but wrong. I like this one a whole lot better. No, Tangled's um, fun movie. Yeah, it's it's really cool. I got mine for free. Yeah. Well, I got it from my Disney uh, movie rewards, so it's not really oh, cool. free. As yeah. I bought 15 Disney Blu-rays and was able to get one. Yeah. Yeah, but it was a 3D uh, version. If anybody you know wants to watch it on 3D, I don't. Uh, well, I have it. Okay, good. If you ever like, I want to watch Tangled in 3D. I, gotcha. All right, I'll I'll keep that. In my, I'll keep a sticky note with that on it with that information. Um, yeah, it, it's good. Um, Eugene is really good. Uh, though it it seems a little weird that like he's he's this scoundrel for so long and then just sort of turns good really quick. Know, but that's not the point. I think he's of pretty the movie. funny in the movie. Oh no, he is. That's what I'm saying. Like he's a really fun character. But then the the like romance part of it feels a little shoehorned in. I don't I don't think they needed it. Um, but uh, yeah, I think it's because honestly, how there was this point where when he so spoilers for Tangled. Sorry, uh, <laughs> there's this point where he's dying, and I was like, dude, just let him die. Like just let him die, and let this be like her learning the lesson that there are really good people in the world, and that she needs to go out there and explore, and that like she shouldn't be afraid of the world and all that. Like. That would just be really cool, which is what they're doing. But then they take the 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 nice kid friendly way out where he's okay and you know. So James had an interview with Disney, and he said, "Hey man, I have a great idea for this story uh, fairy tale. Is the prince and princess get together and the prince dies? <laughs> well, yeah. thank you for coming in, Mister Hart. We'll talk to you later. <laughs> Obviously, you have no idea. I don't understand Disney. Uh, uh, <laughs> no, I just, I, I yeah, I I think that they. That would have been they more missed an fun opportunity for, me. for not killing a character in a kid's cartoon. <laughs> okay, <laughs> yeah. gotcha. Yeah, I'm just saying gotcha. that would have been. I'm just make sure we're on the same page. Would have been pretty decent. I would have been cool with it. So uh, anyway, by the way, Toy Story three, those toys should have died. <laughs> yeah, you yeah, remember that scene where they all go into the lava? That that would have been great if you just kept going with it. Would have been great. I remember when I cried at that part oh, I when didn't. they when they grab each other's hands. Oh, hell yeah, man! And, was, not, and you think they actually have the balls enough to do it? Yeah. <laughs> but then they get saved, and you kind of like cheer on the inside. Oh yay! I was I was sitting between like 
a 10-year-old and a 6-year-old, and I'm like in tears the whole last 40 minutes of that movie, yep. and they're just like, what's wrong with you? <laughs> this guy's so weird, especially the whole part where they're playing with Bonnie, and I was just like bawling my eyes out, and they're like, James, are you okay? <laughs> like, what? It's just a movie. Like, what? what is wrong with you? He's like, oh, I had to give away my toys when I went to college. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, what did you watch this week? Ryan? I only watched a few things. Um, the first thing I watched, and actually I ordered more, is I got Aqua Teen Hunger Force Volume 6. Oh, because yeah. they're only like $7 on Amazon right now. Really? So I ordered like three more of them. We'll be here tomorrow. Oh, cool. <laughs> and, uh, you know, because sometimes when you watch so many movies, sometimes you just want to watch something so absurd that... And I think each episode's 12 minutes long, something like that, 10, 12 minutes. And they're just funny. This one is, for the first three episodes, the the guys aren't even in it. It's uh, Mocula. Is that his name? Um, the Dracula guy. God, it's been so long. I think, I think it's Mocula or something. Markula? Yeah. Yeah. And uh, the Aqua Team doesn't even show up until the third episode when he's having a party in his cave that they're being held at. And then they just kill him. <laughs> And what I love about that show, too, is they just randomly kill characters constantly. And then the next episode, it's like nothing happened. And um, and what really got me in it, I keep on watching Carl's uh, pick of the week of the century, which always makes me laugh. Um, yeah, it's just fun. Did you watch Danger 5 yet? Nope. I feel like absurd stuff that's not movies. Like, God damn. Watch I know. That show, man. I, I'm, I'm so bad right now. Um, so, yeah, Aqua Teen was really fun. And it's silly. And if you just want to escape, <laughs> well, I watched all 13 episodes, but, you know, if you want to escape and have fun, that's a good thing to do. Uh, I also watched Punisher Warzone for the first time. No shit. And it's probably my favorite Punisher movie. What? Really? Yeah. Because one, it, it, it totally it's really weird because the Punisher parts where he's just killing people super violently is awesome. And then Jigsaw in it seems like he belongs in a Dick Tracy like yeah movie. yeah that's why I never saw it was I, um, I saw those photos and was just like what is happening but then there's a part where see there's parts that just made me laugh out loud there's a part where these bad guys are parkour people and they do this scene where they're robbing and they're like jumping around I could think of Michael Scott going parkour yeah. parkour <laughs> but then they're jumping across a building and one gets shot with a rocket launcher <laughs> <laughs> I know what you're talking about and I just started laughing and then. Um, <laughs> Like, the Punisher just kills all these people in it. It, it, It's not a good movie, but are any Punishers good movies? Um, Because I rewatched the Thomas Jane one recently, and it's it's campy. I didn't think it was as campy as I remember it being. Yeah. And I was really disappointed because I got the Blu-ray. The Blu-ray has no special features. It Uh. literally just starts the movie. And when I was looking for Punisher Warzone, I went to um, Second Spin, and while I was there, Second Spin sucks now because they blended all their Blu-rays and DVDs together. Oh, man. So, um, but anyways, so I'm there, and the Punisher, Thomas Jane Punisher from 2004, has a DVD that's an ultimate edition that's an uncut version of the movie and has tons of special features. Oh, yep. cool. I'm like, really? They can't fucking Worth put that, that on the Blu-ray? Yeah. So that sucked. But yeah, I, I mean, I had fun. Cool. And he kills a bunch of people. Um, Jigsaw's really out of place in it. Brad's disagreeing with me. <laughs> What? Have you seen Warzone? Yeah, it's terrible. Yeah, I, I didn't say it was good. I, I think it's. Um, I do have to see the Dolph Lundgren one though. I haven't seen it in a long time. I, I don't remember that being great. I mean, it's it's fun because it's like old and mm-hmm. like it's eighties. Dolph Lundgren. It's before people. It's before movies took comics seriously, so they just kind of do what they want. But also, I I read I was listening to some podcasts because the director of that is a woman, mm-hmm. and um, she made like some really artsy movie and then she did this thing and she tried to make like some kind of social commentary out of this movie. And I think she just got gave up or something. 
Huh. I don't know. Yeah. I have to watch the special features. But oh I, no, it was that she what she wasn't taking this movie seriously. Like she made it a cartoon because she felt like the premise was stupid. So gotcha. Yeah. That's why the movie is stupid <laughs> because it's it's supposed to be like a commentary on how dumb these things are. Yeah. So. But there's this badass part where he goes into this um, scene where all the mafia bosses are having dinner. And he jumps up on the chandelier and hangs upside down and shoots his machine guns. And the momentum of him shooting machine guns is just spitting him around the room while he's mowing people down. Boondock Saints style. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> cool. But yeah, that Jigsaw character. Holy yeah. shit. He's like, such, yeah. Like, Dick I'm, Tracy so, I'm so pretty. And yeah. then he, he he talks about how pretty he is. Shit. And then he falls into a glass bottle breaker upper <laughs> machine. <laughs> and it cuts <laughs> up his face. And, and then they kind of stole the scene from Batman, but it's not as good where... Um, Jack Nicholson is the Joker, and he doesn't know that how he looks yet. And he's reaching he's for the, the mirror. Surgery, yeah, yeah, and he's reaching for the mirror, and it's really cool in Batman '89. And then yeah. this, you're like, eh. <laughs> yeah. cool. Yeah, so it, it is. Well, right. it, it reminds me that I I uh, I have a surprise for you. Um, speaking of, and at least this one, this Blu-ray, this Blu-ray does have special features on it. So oh, cool. anytime you want to watch the League of Extraordinary Gentlemen, Ryan, there you go. You just. <laughs> You borrow that as long as you want. <laughs> I can't uh, believe that's on Blu-ray. I had no idea. And his yeah. special features. Here's the thing. Again, a you're a big um, the the cover picture of Dorian cool. Gray. Yeah, you're a big picture of Dorian Gray fan, so that might help. No. Um, <laughs> it's also. It's also I, again. I don't think it's the worst um, comic we'll book movie. We'll see. I think it's kind of fun. Um, I also watched a movie called The Vampire Lovers. I it's a Scream Factory movie. And I didn't. I must have. I must have missed it. Um, but it was only eight dollars, and I bought it slowly because the cover for it is this painted cover, and it's like this big-breasted vampire, like reaching for this dude who's chained up to a pillar. Yeah. So it's like totally exploitation, and I'm like, fuck yeah, I'm gonna get this movie. And the movie is literally an exploitation. Uh... Sorry, I'm just moving the no, table because I'm really afraid he's gonna fall backwards. Uh, he's all right. Sorry, okay. falling back on his yeah, head like right. three times yeah. since I've been here. Okay, um, good. And in the movie is it's literally big breasted vampires. Right. Who uh this girl, her name's Ing- Ingrid Pitt, and she's beautiful and she has great boobs. And in it she keeps on seducing the young girls in Your baby activated your phone. I don't know how he, my <laughs> phone is locked. I have no idea how he activates it. Um anyways, so in it she plays a vampire that goes to these wealthy people's house houses around England, I don't know where it's at, and she seduces their young nubile like um daughters that are virgins and she always bites them on their breasts. So when the doctor comes in and inspects them, he always pulls down the their things just enough to like check their heart being like really you have to pull down her shirt and see your boob awesome <laughs> i mean this this is how you know science yeah this, this is what kind of you know what kind of movie you're in for is that the beginning is it's a it's a hammer horror film so it has that english kind of moors kind of foggy look to it yeah and at the beginning it's this english actor and he's narrating about how his sister was murdered by these countesses these vampire ladies and so this one, the one vampire comes up to him and she takes off like her, her shroud and she drops it and it's this beautiful woman. So he can't kill the vampire. So she leans in to bite his neck and then they pan down to like her cleavage and he's wearing a crucifix and it touches her on her boob and she's like, ah, and he chops her head off. And, um, 
What the movie is actually not that bad if you know what it is. I mean, it's literally an excuse to see a bunch of boobs yeah. and chicks like be lesbos together because it, there's this huge underlining tone of lesbianism because it's there's a part where the vampire girl is wrestling topless with another girl in the mud. No, they're like in her bedroom, and she says it's like Foxy vampire boxing. Yeah, exactly. So, if you, uh, he does that, he does that he's all the a, time. He is an absolute hellion. Oh, yeah. He's a, Fuck you, a bookshelf, Dad. I know, as you can see, the books are still all spread out, uh, because I don't put them back until he goes to sleep. Because <laughs> uh, what's the point? Yeah. Um, so yeah, if you want to watch a movie that just is basically nudity and. Is it better than Punisher Warzone? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, the movie is really not that bad. I mean, because it has, like, Peter Cushing in it. It's just and, exploitive. Oh, wow. Yeah, it's exploitive. That's all it is. I mean, the whole point of it is it's an exploitive movie. And in fact, it has a great like 50-minute documentary on it talking about the only point of it is to be exploitive, to show boobs and violence. Hmm. And the violence isn't that bad, but there's I mean the boobs are amazing in it. All the all the women are stunning. So, I love that Kellen's just like, "Dad, look at this guy. He is so handsome. I want to read this Bruce Campbell book." Yeah. Oh man. Sorry, I, no, I keep fine. getting distracted. Um, so yeah, so if you guys ever want to borrow Vampire Lovers, you're more than welcome to. 1970 uh, Vampire. We sex shall watch it together. Yeah, right seriously. <laughs> you know, it's fine. And follow uh, it up with Vampiros Lesbos. <laughs> it's probably the same company, it's like, probably, same it's guy, the same movie. Yeah, probably. Um, and the last thing I watched this week is I was at Second Spin, and I went there with the sole purpose of finding two movies. One was Dolph Lundgren's Punisher, which they did not have. Okay. Which I was really disappointed. I know it's on DVD. Right. Um, but the second one they did, and I found it actually not where it was supposed to be. It was not even alphabetized. It was like calling me, and it was Howard the Duck. <gasps> and um, the movie is not that bad. Tonally, it's weird. Yeah. Because there's a part where there's a part of it was they're making it, it seems like they're making it for kids, and then there's a part of it where they show a naked duck ba- yep. in a bathtub. And it has nipples, and it's weird. And there's like a fuck sauna. <laughs> yeah, and there's the movie. A, and he yeah because he so the story is is Howard lives on in Duck World, and actually I think it's pretty clever at the beginning. He's going through, and there's you know uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark, but it's you know the Duck version, the Duck version, what is Play it Duck. Oh, what is it called? It's like Feathers of the Lost Ark. Or yeah, something? Mallard something. Yeah, uh, it's it's really funny. It's and all the TV shows he's watching is basically Duck versions of you know uh, shows we watch. And he gets sucked to Cleveland, and it's really funny. And Leah Thompson, who's really pretty, is there, and she's in a rock band. And after he gets thrown out of the club that he was at, he's like, that's it. I'm out of here. And he walks away. And then there's these biker chicks that he's running from. And it's really surreal. And then he has lines that he's in this trash can when Leah Thompson's about to get raped, I guess, by these two guys. He's, he's like, no more Mr. Nice Duck saying it to the camera and then he jumps out of the trash can and says he's a master of quack foo which is a real thing from the comic book <laughs> and so it has like this mix of kid humor that's really silly and then there'll be a sex scene with leah thompson and the duck about to get it on and it's really bizarre and i really like it because it's not right you know what I, mean? <laughs> I don't know how to describe it like those scenes are fun but then the Tim Robbins, I think it's his first movie. He's pretty good in it. He's this zany scientist. Um, this, the songs are catchy that they sing. 
the, the parts I had problems, some of the scenes would drag on too long. Uh, the part where they're in the little yeah. plane is got, way too long. Oh, yeah. They, got a, around. they yeah. got a whole movie to film, man. I know, but the movie's two <laughs> hours long. Jeffrey they, Jones is like, like his creature character once yeah. he transforms, like just like hearing him over and over again. Like, yeah. yeah. It gets annoying. Hmm. Yeah. I'm not Jack, you know, and he, Jeffrey yeah, Jones is a, it. <laughs> yeah, is a great character actor, but yeah, it's just, it's it just that last, I think that's why the movie didn't do well. It's the last third of the movie loses so much momentum yeah, and two hours. Jesus. Yeah. Like I said, it's two hours. They can cut 20 minutes out of that movie. Yeah, for sure. I'd, I'd cut, I'm not joking about seven minutes of that flight scene. Um, the Jeffrey Jones, like how many times I have to show him like changing, um, because you get to the end and what was really cool is, you know, watching the Blu-rays, they talk about Phil Tippett's uh, stop motion puppets and cool. You know, we met him and stuff, and I forgot that he did that movie, and I wish I would ask him about it. Yeah, but um, but the, the movie is just bizarre, and if they would have just stuck with one tone, I think maybe it would have been successful. And I don't know if the tone would have been, you know, a duck hooking up with a human, but but you're right. I mean, they go to this spa where these people are like totally like having sex, and he's cleaning up them up, and it's really bizarre. And then he goes to you know, the unemployment office and he tries to bite the lady's ass there. And I don't know what's going on in this movie, uh, but it's not as bad as everybody wants you to believe. Yeah. It, wow. It's still fun. I mean, I still had fun watching it. It's not like it was that bad. Yeah. I haven't, I haven't seen it though since I was little. Um, cause I kind of avoided it cause it has that stigma about it that it's horrible. Right. But, yeah. No, it's kind of fun in a way. Yeah. It's just, and I, I will it's say a this. Bi- yeah. The, the duality of like the humor is, mm-hmm. yeah. I, it's only on DVD, and I watch it in my Blu-ray player. It actually looks really good. So I, I don't know if they'll ever release it on Blu-ray, but um, it's a it's a fascinating movie, to say the least. But I had fun watching it. Cool. Yeah, that's what I watched this week. That's awesome. And these, my friends, are the box office stats. This is the box office stats. You think you'd want to read Withering Heights? I know, but why, like, how come How come that one he's just thrown on the ground? Like, eh, fuck it. I know. The number one movie last week, again, was Avengers, Age of Ultron. No surprise. No surprise. I, I didn't see where Maggie came in. Did it even chart? Um, Actually, eh, let me let me look. Let me. That's probably pretty low. I think it's only like 500 theaters or something. Well, and the problem is it didn't release, so it's not highlighted. So, yeah, I got to like really scroll. Oh, here we go. Um, It's number 30 at $131,000. Yeah, it was in very many theaters. And yeah. if you want to listen to me and James get in a fight on a podcast, make sure you listen to last week's episode. It's in 79 theaters. Because, uh, yeah, me and James went at it. Yeah. Because he was wrong. One of the most, well, fuck no, I'm not. <laughs> Um, one of the more, yeah, heated debates that we've had, I think. Yeah, it, it was funny because on Rotten Tomatoes, it's at 50%, and we saw it with me, James, Rafe, and Dan, and me and Dan liked it, and him and Rafe hated it. Yeah. 50-50. Yeah. Yep, 50-50. exactly, yeah. I guess um, I gotta watch it to you do. break the tie. <sighs> you do. Ah, fuck. I think you, should, I think you should watch it. James is like, it's too uh, slow. Me. No, that wasn't my problem at all. Yeah, it was. No, it's not. And the characters are stupid. I mean, I did say that it was basically two hours of me waiting for this girl to die. Yeah, um, I listened to it. It seemed like you were talking about, like, you just there was nothing to connect you to the characters right. emotionally. Like, yes. you didn't care what happened to them at yep. all. Because they don't say or do anything. You missed the point. And Ryan was like, it's a zombie movie. I'll like it no matter what happens. <laughs> <laughs> Which isn't true. I did not like Return of the Living Dead, Rave to the Grave, guys. <laughs> or House of Dead is my least favorite movie. Is that the movie. tagline for that? 
No, yeah, it's like the subtitle. The subtitle. Rave to the Grave. <laughs> I think I, I think I still own it. I think it's the sixth one. I'm wow! Say. Holy shit! And also, House of the Dead, I, I consider the worst movie of all time. So, is See? that a zombie movie? I guess it is. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Well, then you're right. I guess Maggie's amazing. <laughs> oh, thank, shit. thank you. Uh, Moving you're, along. You're right. House of the Dead is a zombie movie, so apparently Maggie's amazing. <laughs> when you compare the two guys. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. By comparison, it's pretty good. Sometimes I just watch my son like, what the hell is he doing? I want to break all your shit, dude. But he's cute, though. Fuck all of it. Make you buy me new shit. Yeah. I imagine that, like... <laughs> he's like, how long are you guys going to do this? I need attention. Yeah. Like, his version of Look Who's Talking is, like, just nothing but profanity <laughs> and, <Sweet>. like... <laughs> Fuck he's, everything He's the baby you from have. Who Framed Roger Rabbit. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> oh, man. Awesome. So let's uh, let's search uh, the internet yeah. for some movie news. Oh, okay. Sure. Cool. It's real news. Mallrats 2 is going to be called Mallbrats. Nice. Meh. Okay. <laughs> I don't, I don't love it, but fine. I'd rather have it just called Mall Rats 2. Yeah, Back to the mall. Yeah. yeah. Electric electric Boogaloo. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, Incredibles 2 is going to be Brad Bird's next film, which that's cool. I'm yeah. excited for that. Uh, they released... I have to talk about this every time that something happens. Um, we have set photos now from Preacher. Mm-hmm. So there's a set somewhere where someone's <laughs> doing something, but that doesn't mean we'll ever see it. I don't just know. It has, thrown it out it has there. director and everything on the, huh? no, yeah, the uh, it's, slap thing. Yeah, and it is clearly Arseface's like room, and though he's not looking at the camera, Arseface is in the in the shot. Um, so that's a crazy thing. Um, what the fuck? I guess that maybe is going to happen, but who knows? Um, uh, Asa, Asa Butterfield might be Spider-Man. I'm right with it. He's a good yeah. actor. Yeah. yeah. He, look, he looks like Peter Parker to me. And he he still looks really young, like even yeah, though he well, is getting older, but well, like, he, you know, they're trying like to go 21. for... He's 21. That's not old. He's 21? Yeah. Well, but I mean, he, yeah, like he looks he looks young enough that he could be in yeah. like middle school or high school. He's like 10 years old in Ender's Game. Right. Well, that's my point. He's a, he's a, he's a little guy. Um, huh. So he's old enough to like, you know... No yeah. boozing, but uh, he could he could pull off and here, being like yeah, a, and here's a the young thing, high school. I think Tobey Maguire was 28 when he was in the first Spider-Man. So. Oh yeah, well, but that that one was a was like clearly, if you wanted him to be a high school student, it wasn't real good casting. I'll say that. Like I, I love that movie. I'm just saying, yeah. he, he looks a lot older for a kid that age, whereas Asa Butterfield looks like he could be a high school student. Yeah, no, I and they cast him young enough that they could make two or three movies with him in high school. Oh, yeah. And yes. he, he won't look like he's... Exactly. I don't know. I, you know, I always... It, Marvel is so afraid of Spider-Man growing up, it's weird. But... Yeah. I, I um, mean, it's fine. Whatever. Yeah. I, I, I'm on board. Um, and the very last thing that I have is um, that apparently Kate Beckinsale is going to come back and make another Underworld movie. Hell yeah, they are. It starts filming in October. Which is Boom. cool. I don't know what I want from another... Like... Okay, this is what I want. They've taken um, that Kate whole Beckinsale thing... in tight leather, uh, her shooting werewolves and fighting vampires. Sold. Okay. <laughs> so, the like, do you reboot that series to some degree? I don't think you need like, to. Like, not, not super reboot, but, like, the last one was all 
her fighting dudes in the future with like laser guns and shit. Like it was yeah, and she it, fought it like super weird. werewolves. It was awesome. I guess so. So you yeah. have to have super duper werewolves. <laughs> I wanted to I wanted to go back to being like a Matrix ripoff with like. Mm. You know uh, that is a bit more grounded. Did I just say grounded and underworld in the same? Yes, hand? you did. All right, whatever. Um, I want I want them to not necessarily continue the last story they did. Uh, who knows what they'll do? Yeah. I, I don't think the last one ended where it could be a sequel, though. I don't remember. Yeah, that that was that's sort of my question. Is you know, um, so uh, anyway, I think I I think that's most of the news. Did I miss anything? Uh, did you see that Matthew McConaughey's reading for DC and Marvel parts? Oh no, I didn't. And. He's, he's, he said, all right, all right, all right, I can't find one that I like, but doesn't mean I'll shut the door. And I was thinking that he would make a great Spencer Smythe, the, oh. the you know, the Spider Slayer creator. Dude, especially, I mean, because he does, like, little projects. What if that were, like, the, in the next season of um, of Daredevil, they introduced it, and then he crossed over into the Spider-Man. See, I think that'd be cool. Right? Like, if, if, he, if he befriended... Um, kingpin in the next season of daredevil you know and then had like a little subplot where he just he just cameoed some and then like in four years he's the villain in the spider-man movie. because i think a movie with spider slayers would be sweet oh hell yeah that would be an awesome that'd be the kind of mo- like spider-man movie that brad would like <laughs> you know um and also too you know i was just thinking about martin freeman in civil war yeah what if he's like norman osborne i think he'd be a good norman osborne Ooh. Yeah. you know where you wouldn't yeah. have to be the green goblin but you'd be yeah, you know, a powerful business guy, and that'd be cool. Yeah, so and yeah, I mean, I'm, I would assume they got rights to all of that stuff, not just Spider Man. So, um, yeah, that's a that's a good idea. Oh, that's cool. So that's what I've just been thinking about this week. Yeah, Matthew McConaughey. I know. Man. I knew. I knew. Yeah, you should read the article. I I posted it on Twitter. I'm gonna. Yeah, I'm gonna have to think about that and figure out who I would want him to be. Well, because I was thinking, because I mean, he plays you know great characters, and I couldn't really, I couldn't put him in any. Like supervillain for some reason, thinking maybe maybe the puma, but I couldn't. What if he was a shocker? <laughs> what if he's what if he's Black Panther? Um, no, yeah, I, I can't think. Oh, dude, if he were the shocker, sorry, that one took a while to get through my brain. <laughs> I know, if he were the shocker, that would be awesome. Because <laughs> um, he does have that, you know, that he's got sort of that accent. Like, yeah. Could, um, yeah, I don't know that I would want him to be a hero. Like, I, I don't know that I can think of a of Marvel hero that yeah that would be that would be cool for. Um, yeah, I'm just thinking. You anyway, know. if you have a good idea for who Martin, or dude, Matthew McConaughey should play, what if he was John Jameson right and became Man Wolf? Oh, that'd be awesome. <laughs> okay, he has a moon rock that turns him into a werewolf, and he it's like radiated. If you, <laughs> it's the origin of Man Wolf. In case you're wondering, <laughs> werewolves come from the moon. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I mean, I got this. I'll, I'll talk about it in the comics. It's not the comic of the week, but I'll talk about a comic I got when I was hanging out with Andrew this week. <laughs> oh man. Anyway, that's new. <laughs> not sweet. Uh, you want to do Blu-rays? Cool. DVD releases and Blu-rays. Uh, American Sniper is the big release for this week. Mm-hmm. Um, did any of us see that? You saw I did, it, yeah. Yeah. Meh. Meh. Yeah, yeah. Okay, I thought so. Um, the Kellen's giving raspberries to it, so just spreading his germs yeah. as much as possible. Again, again, in his brain right now, fuck America. That movie is stupid as shit. Yeah, the problem with American Sniper is the scenes where he's deployed are really intense. You know, he's sniping people. Yeah. Um, but then he has to go back to America, and they try to make this huge statement about PTSD, and all it comes across is America's so great. And I huh. mean, I mean, there's literally a scene 
and, and this might have happened. I don't know. I didn't read his book. I can ask my brother. He read it. But he's he's this cowboy, and he's out like riding a bull. And he comes home with this new girl all the time. And when he comes home, when he wakes up one morning, September 11th happens. And he's like, I got to do something about this. And then the next day, he's enlisting in the Navy. It's just stuff like that. It doesn't yeah. seem, storytelling-wise, it doesn't seem good. It might have happened. It just doesn't seem right. Right. Um, sorry, uh, Blu-ray version of Orange is the New Black Season 2, which, I mean, if you are interested in that show, then you already have Netflix, so I don't know why you're buying it, but whatever. Because it looks better on Blu-ray? Well, yeah. Um, you have to worry about buffering. Yeah. True. And if True. Netflix ever goes away. <laughs> but if Netflix, well, whatever. Also, not get, well, whatever. Um, Hot Tub Time Machine 2, Blech. hotter and wetter unrated edition. Uh, yeah, whatever. Um, Stigmata getting a Blu-ray release, the number four Blu-ray. It's a Scream Factory. Oh, is it really? Yeah, it's an old nineties horror movie. I, I didn't. Oh, so it. this is not. Oh, I didn't even click on. I just I'll, assumed this was the Winona Ryder I'll, one. I want to say, um, she might be in it. I don't remember. Or, Gabriel it? Byrne is in that one. I think. Um, Robin Wright. Robin Wright. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, the movie is interesting. I don't remember it, and so I didn't pre-order it. I might wait until I can remember the movie. Um, read yeah. more about it, but it's Scream Factory, so it has cool special features on it. Cool. Uh, season four of Call the Midwife with Ryan. Ryan, you're a big fan of that, right? Oh yeah, I, uh, yeah. Especially when I have to watch it because my wife is. Yeah. Uh, Leviathan, which I believe is a documentary about whales. Um, it, the terror from beyond space. Sweet. Is, is the cover cool? Uh, hell yeah, it's cool, man. <laughs> Look at this thing. Look at it. Fuck yeah. Look at that. That is awesome. It's pretty dope. Is if the movie's good or somewhat good, I'll get it. Yeah. Uh, uh, doing? Poltergeist 2 and 3 are getting a, mm. a a collection as well as just Poltergeist 3 on its own. Um, how about Peter Blanche, Blanche's Creature? Look at... Okay, I didn't know that... They should not have been allowed to use the title Creature because this looks way more badass than I've the I've read that book. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Oh, man. Ran by the man who, ma- who wrote Jaws. Really? Yep. Um, so it's Peter Benchley. And... Um, he, uh, it's about these people modifying great white sharks with a super soldier serum, and it becomes super smart and it kills people. It, I think it was a sci-fi like miniseries. It looks way better than the creature we saw. <laughs> just saying, just gotta throw that out there. Um, that looks like pretty much it. Uh, I don't see anything else big. Hellmouth. Okay. Cool. Yep, I think that's it. Awesome. Uh, this is the comic books you should be reading this week. What's up, nerds? It's the Comics Corner. So, when you have surreal moments in your life, you get them every once in a while. And when you get emailed by DC Comics because they want their talent to be interviewed by you at Denver Comic Con is one of those moments. Um, so, they e- the the lady there emailed me and she says, oh, these are the... The talent we have coming from D.C., they'll be at Denver Comic Con if you want to sit down and interview them. Cool. And, of course, I applied immediately, and I was looking over the names, and I went to the comic store, and I was talking to Andrew about it, and I mentioned the name uh, Becky Cloonan. And he says, you don't know who Becky Cloonan is? I said, "Uh, no. And he says, you need to get Gotham Academy. And so I bought uh, all seven issues of Gotham Academy, and it's a really good story. It's it's basically a prep school that's in Gotham, and it's a mix of Harry Potter and Batman. Cool. Um, each of these kids have a secret. There's a ghost in the, the academy that they're trying to... Well, is there a ghost? They're trying to solve this mystery. Uh, it's really well written. And as I did more research about Becky Cloonan, she's also an artist who's really good. 
Um, she did uh, a tells from the tells of the Slayers in Buffy. Um, she's done a lot. She she's a really talented artist, and she did a lot of uh, graphic novels. One called Wolves. She also did a version of Bram Stoker's Dracula, where she illustrated in the book. So there's a graphic novel of it. It's Bram Stoker's Dracula, but all of her uh, art in it. So. Yeah, it's it, she's a really great artist. I'd recommend picking up Gotham Academy. It's really fun. Um, they're really uh, the art in it's really cool. She doesn't do the art in it, but they have uh, some of the issues have double splash pages, but it's a splash page of the academy, and so there's little panels that like jet out from it and what each person is doing in it. Mm. So it's really it's really clever. Um, cool. So I would definitely pick it up. Uh, <laughs> the story that I was telling about Man Wolf is. Um, Andrew got this stack of comics and in it was Marvel premiere and man wolf is on the cover with a sword and uh, he has his like gem is like glowing. Right. And I said, Oh sweet. I want to get that. I said, if it's not too much and he looked up there like three bucks for the two parter and it's him going to the moon, finding these people that can understand him as man wolf. And he's like, they're, champion and they think he's a oh, god because when he's man wolf can he not talk Does no he, he just like growls yeah he's like a monster so like right. in, in the spider-man comics when he's man wolf he is like a beast and so he can't control himself so spider-man always has to find a way that's what makes him an interesting villain is spider-man knows it's john jameson so yeah. spider-man has to find a way to defeat him by not hurting him hang on a second yeah <laughs> oh that won't hurt him <laughs> yeah there's just a giant green goblin gonna fall and crush him I bought this comic solely for this cover. Oh, dude. <laughs> it's like a it's like a cover from like the Man's In Wars, uh which is an old like uh pulp sci-fi series. I got an idea. Instead of Wolfman, it's Man Wolf. <laughs> <laughs> so, and then there's people in the back writing on like these Pegasus mm-hmm. that have like dragon neck or uh, dinosaur necks on. They them. fight these uh, like skeleton guys in it. Holy! They're from shit. the underworld. This is so cool. <laughs> this, this is what the book should be all the time. When did this come out? Uh, seventy-eight. Okay. And yeah, hey, here's a fun piece of trivia. It's illustrated by George Perez, who's a really famous no comic book artist. So. Yeah. Wow. So yeah, visually it looks great. Uh, the writing in it's not that good. Oh no, that's too bad. Cause, oh, look, he's just snarling. I know, bro. Like I said, he has a sword. <laughs> he looks like a lion, though. I know, that's the only thing. He is. does not look like a wolf at all. No, I... Um, the second part of that, the cover's even cooler. It's like him with the sword, and this, like super sexy chick is being held by this wizard. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm sure it's just as good as that issue. <laughs> so yeah, funny. but uh, definitely pick up Gotham Academy because it's pretty awesome. Just to interject really quick, there was a DVD that I missed, which is that Zombievers is coming out this week. <laughs> I know. I talked to Brad. About, uh, if you want the Blu-ray, it's exclusive at Best Buy. Oh. So I'll be getting the Blu-ray uh, to see Courtney Palm naked because she's pretty hot. <laughs> cool. <laughs> Awesome. So this week we saw Mad Max Fury Road. Brad, should people go see Mad Max? I don't think there's been a movie I've been more excited to talk about in like years on this podcast than this movie. This movie is amazing. It's inventive. It's incredible. Um, Go see it. James? 
Uh, we don't care what you have to say. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Actually, I saw it in 2D and 3D, so I can vouch for both. Um, oh, either shit. one, go see it. Oh, my gosh. Um, yeah, so I 100% agree. Um, I'm about to say some really hyperbolic stuff, but we didn't just go see this movie. It's been like a day since I saw it. Um, so I've had a lot of time to think about this. This is some of the most fun I've had in a in a movie in years. I think the movie is a masterpiece of cinema, and I think it might be the best action movie I've seen in a decade or more. That is how strongly I feel about this movie. I agree with you. I yes. have not stopped thinking about it since I walked out of the theater. I was so jazzed. This is like a top 20 movies of all time type thing. Yeah. like I, I think that this movie might be important. It's a piece of shit. No, no I, I'm yeah. just kidding. <laughs> Here's the thing. I knew you were going to do that joke, and I knew that it was going to be a joke. Um, Yeah, there's... I will say this about this movie because you guys are sitting there blowing its dick. Yeah. Uh, it takes what a little are you bit, saying, Ryan? <laughs> it takes a little bit to get into the movie, but the action, this movie is insane. Yeah. You're watching things on screen and you're realizing they're really doing it and you don't know how they're doing it, <laughs> yeah. but you realize that it's pretty awesome. Um, so here's a trailer for Mad Max Fury Road, which is one of the coolest trailers of the year too. Yeah. is fire and blood. Everything is dependent on oil. You're killing for gasoline. The world is almost out of water. 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 Now there's the water wars. Here they come again. Everybody's gone out of their mind. Out here, everything hurts. You want to get through this? Do as I say. Now pick up what you can and run. So, oh, he's playing with the zoo. Yeah. <laughs> so the movie is Mad Max is still surviving in the apocalyptic wasteland. Um, he's just trying to get by on his own. He's captured by this warlord, I guess. Uh, I think they're called war boys. Yeah, war mm-hmm. boys yeah. Uh, who are 
basically inbred um, people from this warlord. Um, and he escapes, and then it's about an hour and 45 minutes of car chases and explosions and action. Um, yep. That's people a- told me that. I was like, oh, I'm sure you're exaggerating. Nope. <laughs> yep. Uh, it's funny, though. Now that you say it, I do realize you've rained on my parade just a little bit. <laughs> the, f- the opening sequence is the worst sequence in the movie. Yeah. But, yeah. Uh, but see, here's the just, thing. Just as he's trying to escape being captured, yeah. that, that part is the uh, one part where I'm like, ah, oh, that's it's, it's not that cool, but here's the thing is... You it's, have to accept the world cool. immediately, and I think that's why it takes a little... It, it yes. You're getting introduced to a new guy who's playing an old character that we haven't seen in like 30 years. Yeah. So well, I kind of... Well, and it's just, it's so kinetic from the get-go. That's the thing. It it starts, and it starts moving so fast, and it's also the way that that first part is shot, where it feels like he shot it and he sped the film up just slightly, that it does feel a little bit like unsettling to get into. Um, but then once it, once you, once you're there, it doesn't stop moving. No, it's, um, it's, it's unbelievable because except for when it does and it's awesome when it does, we, you know, cause when you do read that it's a two hour long chase movie, you think it's going to be boring because you know, car chases can only go on so long. Can they make it that cool? And what George Miller does in this movie that makes it fun is their car chases, but he's introducing new obstacles, whether mm-hmm. it's the right. porcupine kind of bugs or, or the dirt bike guys, they all have their own unique thing. So in a way, too, it's, you know, it's a comic book movie where each thing has their own character mm-hmm. um, and told in a different way. I mean, you have the bullet guy who gets blinded and then he's still just shooting randomly. <sighs> um, there's just so many things happening in this film that it's <laughs> it's amazing. It, yeah, it's one that, like, as soon as it was over, I wanted to go again. Like, it yeah. was that kind of a ride. Um, and it is... So... We're going to talk a lot about the action in this movie. One of the things that I love, though, about it is that it does not sacrifice the, like, this is a movie that was written on storyboards. Like, there wasn't really a script for this to begin with. Like, they storyboarded the whole thing first. There's literally Um, a part in the movie where the villains turn to each other and they're like, so this whole story is just a blood feud? Yep. And they just keep going. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Like, the plot itself is pretty thin. Yeah, it's 10 minutes of actual drama. But the, the rest is the action. But it doesn't sacrifice the characters. Like, the characters are built inside of that action. Mm -hmm. Like, that's part of what's brilliant about this thing is that you have these action sequences that are genuinely some of the most inventive and cool and cohesive action scenes I think I've ever seen. And they're happening at the same time that they are building character into into this movie. I mean, burned into into my brain now is the first time that Rosie Huntington Whiteley's character flies open the door and puts herself and her unborn child between Immortal Joe and Charlize Theron's character. Like that shot is so cool and awesome, and it's this moment where like you just want to like stand up and cheer, uh, and you like that character so much. And this is a character who, I mean, she she was in the Transformers movies as like the model turned star, like just throwaway actress, and here. She's one of my favorite moments in the in the movie. Um, and that scene, like so much stuff in those action sequences builds the characters and makes you more involved in them that then the whole time when you're watching these action scenes, I'm not somebody, you guys have sat with me in movies. I'm not somebody who like whispers like, oh fuck, or like gasps at movies. Like when, when, a, when somebody's in danger or something like that, I did it constantly <laughs> in this movie. Like there were so many times where like she would happen, I would just be like, oh, 
Or like, like I was reacting as if I really was afraid these people are in danger, and I haven't spent any time with them outside of them being in danger. It's unbelievably cool. And then you've got these action scenes that are amazing. Uh, man. It's, it, yeah, it's, it's pun intended. It's a ride. <laughs> it's like a theme park ride. It's incredible. Um, yeah. And then like I was blown away when they get all the way through all that shit, like all that death and destruction, and then Mad Max's plan is to turn around and go straight back through everything they did one more time. <laughs> right? Like how insane is that? Like the climax uh, of your movie is like, let's redo the movie. Yeah. The, <laughs> the plot is we have to go from A to B, but when we get to B, B's not there. So let's go back to A. Yeah. Like that's the whole plot. Yeah. It, it's interesting too. Cause uh, Tom Hardy plays Mad Max as a guy who's lost everything. Yeah. And he's somewhat insane because you know, he doesn't, I, how many lines of dialogue does he have? Five, yeah, like ten, maybe, yeah, tw- but, twenty, but, twenty times he opens his mouth. But maybe. it's really cool when you, you know you talk about them going back, and he races out there, and he he just says in this weird beats, he says, "You go 160 days that way, it's nothing but salt." Yeah, we we go back, and he just the way he <laughs> the way he says lines, and he's so quiet, and you yeah. realize it's a guy who's used to being alone, who doesn't know how to interact with people, mm-hmm. and he's somewhat insane. Mm-hmm. And he's traumatized from he's, what yeah, happened. Yeah. yeah. Tra- well, if yeah, if you don't know the story, Mad Max's family was murdered. So you know the villain in this movie, just the actor played that original villain yeah, who killed his cover. family, right? Yeah. 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 And so it's yeah, and that that villain's cool because yeah. What what I liked about it is he's supposed to be this all powerful thing, but they set him up at the beginning as this decrepit old man that he needs help and yeah. until he's shown in front of people and he has all of a sudden has this great power and um it's it, the movie's cool and they they have parts you know when you see the trailer and those guys are on those poles and they're swinging back and forth and you're like what the fuck is this and then you watch it they're trying to like pluck the brides out of that car like, yeah this is pretty badass and that's yeah, the those thing. Are the, those, i think it's the cirque du soleil part like, yeah. That they yeah. Got, yeah which that was i read this really cool article in wired um the other day where they were interviewing interviewing george miller and when they wrote that part in the storyboards, they were like, shit, like, I don't want... Because their whole plan here was to do everything as practically as they could, right? So if it, was a, if it was a car chase sequence thing, right? If it wasn't explosions or sandstorms, it was supposed to be in camera. And the, he wrote that part, or they drew up that part with the, with the polecats, and he was just like, well, shit, I guess... I mean, that part we can't do, right? And then his... Um, the the uh, director of um, the second unit went out and like got some guys and put that thing together and then brought him the film and was like, look what we did. And the way he he said it in the interview was something cool. Like uh, that was the moment when I knew like this was going to be the coolest thing I'd ever done. Like that was the moment when he knew it was going to work. And it's really interesting too about this film is it was done two years ago Yeah. and Warner brothers had no faith in it. I guess they tested and it was didn't do well. They had to go back and do reshoots. So I'm really interested to see what they saw that everybody, because everybody loves it. I mean, I think it's 99%. This is one of those it's, movies where you watch it like, who the fuck doesn't like this movie? It's better than it's better than The Road Warrior. Yeah. Like, yeah. It's, it's 100%. It's the best Mad Max movie. Yeah. I, oh, yeah. I, I don't think there's any debate on that. But, well, but here's the thing. The Road Warrior was a, was a really influential action movie oh, yeah. at the time it came out. I look at this one, I, and I said this on Facebook yesterday. I look at this movie, and I feel like he just grabbed Hollywood by the throat and said, you need to shut up and pay attention. Because, like, this thing... The action in this movie makes every other action movie look like shit. Like I felt real peril. Like, yeah. When t- Tom Hardy's like hanging by the side of the in the last sequence, he's uh, Furious has got him, you know, holding him there. Yes. He's upside down. 
the uh, his old car is getting sandwiched between the the other tanker, <laughs> which like, has showed up. Like, that's my car. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And he gets flipped up into the cab of the other one. He takes over that truck. So after getting like all these like pole people snatching their crew and the tides turn and now they have two tankers yeah. and they're ruining their shit. Like, oh, it's so good. <sighs> Man. And, and I totally forgot about the... There's like there's one rig just dedicated to a, a weirdo with an electric guitar that shoots <laughs> yeah. flames well, yeah, and has a billion speakers. We haven't even talked about the sense of humor in this movie, which is still. I mean, it, it's been there since the original Mad Max, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, when you watch those movies, you just sort of assume like the guy who makes the, these movies is like he's crazy and weird or whatever. But this is the same guy who made Babe. Like he doesn't <laughs> and Happy do, Feet. Yeah, like he doesn't do this shit just because he's insane. He does it for a reason. And in this movie, I think he gets that comedic tone perfect. Like those weird elements to me. There's there's one time and it's at the end when the when the guitar comes towards you that that's the one moment where he's like he's really in your face about like yeah. hey this is funny. Did you see it in 3D? Or? No, I didn't. Yeah, okay. No, in 3D, I imagine that that's yeah, it's really ridiculous, extreme. but yeah. it's it's cool. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like all of the funny little sequences. But then he also he does this really dark shit, dude. The fucking baby man, like that yeah. sequence. So I'll take a step back, right? So he's built up this whole character of Rosie Huntington-Whiteley's character um, in these action scenes and in, like, the first scene when she meets Mad Max. And then he kills her. And how... Now, when you guys saw that shot, did you know for sure she was dead? When she first got hit she, by, the, like... The, like, when she falls off and there's just, like, this quick shot of, like, the And Mad car. Max is like, I saw her go under? Yeah. I was like, yeah, seems legit. But <laughs> see, I... What I assumed that I saw the same thing he saw, and I didn't know for sure she was dead. And then, of course, you know, she does kind of come back. So, like, he even uses that, like, it, it's not just this throwaway thing of, like, oh, that's sad, like, music swells and let's move on. Like, he uses that to then let us learn more and be more invested in Charlize and, uh, and Mad Max, because they are going to argue over and have to make this tough decision. And then you get this, like, bizarre and terrible scene where like she's kind of still alive and then the dude pulls the baby out and is like playing with the umbilical cord and like off out of frame like smacks it on the table and it sounds like somebody putting a piece of meat on the on the floor like it it's so like disturbing but like he just doesn't shy away from it at all um it's oh man just messed up and like i don't want to say cool just good storytelling like it makes that that world seem so desperate and dark and horrible oh man <sighs> yeah we you know we also haven't talked about a few a few things i really liked i, I like charlie's theron in this i'm not even a big oh charlie. she steals the show like I was, I was max an, becomes like a side character i wasn't a big charlie's theron fan but i really like her in this and i love the music in it um i love the how it played and um there's some scenes where you know i mentioned the bullet guys earlier and Mad Max is like, well, what happens if we're ready to go? It's cool down. You're not back. Mm, keep on driving. And he goes yeah. away and you see like these things flashing in the back and he comes back and he doesn't say a word. And are you hurt? That's not his blood. Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and you want to know what happened, but it's cool that you don't know what happened, yeah. you know? Yeah. And yeah, you're right. You're right, Brad. She is like, she's the main character, which is sort of what they try to do in like the road warrior and beyond thunder kind. Like he is supposed to be this like, pale writer kind of character who just comes in and helps this helps the situation and leaves but in this one you're right he's he's not even really the main character like well no because i th- i mean the way i interpret it is he's like a drifter because yeah oh totally he comes in 
And then at the end, when you know, he's everyone, a vessel for the audience. Yeah, yeah, where everyone's chanting her name, and then he just goes back into the crowd. So you don't know yeah. when he's going to come back, how he's going to come back, but you know he's out there. And what's cool about that is that you could make two different sequels to this movie, and I would want both of them. I want like I want the next Mad Max movie where it's it's just another movie like this has nothing to do with the movie we just saw. It's just him going into a situation and fixing things because that's what he does. Like he even has that line where he's like, if it if it if it's broken and you don't fix it, it'll just drive you insane, right? So his character is there to fix things that are broken. Um, so then I would also want the sequel that is what happens to these three towns and what happens with Charlize Theron because not things are not going to be perfect now. Like you have, you know, what you sort of learn about the politics here is that there's like the town with all the water, there's the town with all the guns, and there's the town with all the gas. Um, and all three of them have lost their their like leaders now. <laughs> We know that one of them is led by somebody who's going to be good and like try to make their people happy and try to grow a bunch of food, but the other two have guns and gasoline. <laughs> like, and how badass was a fight with uh, <sighs> Imperia and uh, Mad Max when they're just like beating each other up? Oh, oh gosh! Yeah, then again, like <laughs> every punch and kick and like trip is like orchestrated, like choreographed to. It's awesome. Oh yeah. yeah, there's so many little details. Everything they're doing with the chain, yeah. and the and fighting with the door, and, and attached to another person that you yeah. can't get rid of, and yeah. like Nux gets involved and he's helping getting the getting the clip and stuff like that. But they don't like each other either, so they're fighting too. Man, it really is like every action sequence. You know, it it starts or not the not the first one, but the the second one that ends with the sandstorm. Um, I'm watching that scene and I'm like, okay, did you just do everything? Like with the exception of because there's no polecats in that fight. I was like, with the exception of the polecats, did you just do everything this movie's gonna do? Like that, I had this sinking moment when they go into the sandstorm. Yeah, like, yeah. I was like, how long have we been going? Oh my god, like it's been twenty minutes. Yeah, <laughs> like this, you can't. Are they gonna take a break and then they go into the sandstorm and it's still like kind of you know still action going on until Mad Max wakes up with the sand in his face? Right, like you you sort of assumed from the trailer that the sandstorm is gonna be like the big climax of the big climactic action scene because it's so bombastic and there's all this CGI. And the truth is, it's just them getting started and that <laughs> the the great action scenes are the ones that don't have any CGI. The the motorcycle sequence in the cavern where the motorcycles are jumping over the, the rig and, and they're like it. shooting them and, yeah. Yeah, and they're bombing it is so awesome. And part of why is the way... The thing that this movie does that is so impressive to me and that is so like revolutionary by comparison to what the originals did, you know, cause in the seventies you, you had a lot of action scenes like that that were creative, but the continuity from shot to shot wasn't always there, but because they did the coverage here where they got like multiple cars filming from multiple angles, they'll cut, they'll have like a guy jumping over the rig on his motorcycle, get shot. They'll cut to a different shot and we'll still see that guy falling. Yeah. Like that's the kind that one of where, stuff. Like, I think Imperius so takes out one guy and then the motorcycle comes at her and then flips over the dash. Yes. Like, <laughs> yeah. And there are times where like you'll you'll see a guy fall off and he'll start to roll under the, the under the um the truck and he'll grab something and then uh, and you'll realize like he saved himself and he's hanging under the truck and then they'll cut across and you'll see the same guy is still there hanging like even though we're not following him we're we're looking at something else now but because of the way they shot it it really feels like one coherent action sequence um like you're really watching this shit happen it's uh, i was just blown away oh and also how badass was how uh immortan joe was taken out <laughs> like, oh shit <laughs> 
I like. So, I think I almost stood up and cheered right? Right when she, his face got ripped out. Oh, so does, and that is like his face gets ripped off. It's not just that like that's what he looked like under the mask, right? Yeah, I assume those tubes are like, like red connected stuff. inside his face. Yeah, so like it pulled out his sinuses and stuff. Yeah. Or when he just gets there and he just throws his body on the ground. He doesn't even say <laughs> yeah. a word. I'm like, yeah. yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> like, fuck this guy. Yeah. yeah. And they rip him apart. Yeah. Yeah. Man. It's, it's God, just... I want to watch it again right now. <laughs> and Ryan, you mentioned the score. The score is really... I, yeah. when, I, when I left the Alamo, I sat in my car and bought it on my phone Me first. Too. <laughs> and then played it on the way home. And I was like... I, I went and saw it with, with Rafe last night. And as I got in my car and he was walking in his car, I just like put the clutch in and just like revved the engine as loud as I could. Like, oh, man. Because that's the other thing. Okay, just the, the world itself is so well fleshed out. There's so many details um, from from little things like the way that the characters are, the like, like the bad guys are built, you know, where they have all these cool things on their costumes or like... Little things like when the when the guys are all there to get water, like one of them's got like a like a bedpan that he's collecting water and like fun stuff like that, to the whole thing with Nux and um, all the war boys spraying the chrome. The, the chrome yeah. in their mouth. Holy shit, that was so cool! Like just such a neat idea, um, and it's a thing that they build on. So when they when you first see it, and there's this whole like witness me thing, and you're like, oh okay, this is this is cool. Like this is a part of, and then they'll. They'll spell out more of like why they do that, and then you know Nux eventually makes or no 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 Immortal Joe says something to him to Nux at one point about like you know yeah when you go to Valhalla you will you will be welcomed chrome and shiny. Yep, I'll let and you like, in personally or something. Yeah, and you're just like oh dude like they make that world feel um and they're like, fleshed out even as insane as it is. And they have like a tower of steering wheels that they all select select from because yes. they worship like cars and yes and all that stuff. Yeah, <sighs> man. So cool. And remember, you gave me this movie, <laughs> League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. <laughs> and I defended it and said it wasn't that bad. Yeah, no. League of Extraordinary Gentlemen is not going to change the way action movies look. But this movie honestly should. Like, I want to see indie action movies like this. And I want to see people do things practically again. And, like, it's not it's not that there isn't still a place for your big, bombastic, CG-heavy um, scenes. But... This just goes to show you, you take a bunch of like assholes out into the desert and put some weird cars together and you're going to make better action scenes than anybody else as long as you got like, you know, as long as you choreograph it well. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know what this movie originally cost. I'm sure it actually... 150. Yeah. Like that is not that bad based, you know, based on what you're, you're actually seeing on screen, but... Yeah. Like your Avengers is like 250. Right. Um... And, you know, this doesn't have as many, like, stars and stuff in it. But uh, my question will also be, like, how much of that 150 was because of, like, reshoots and how long it was in the can and all of that stuff, right? Like, was that the original budget or did it was it inflated over time? Like, I would love to know what the full story here is. Well, I know. I, I, I've read a lot about it. I mean, um, Tom Hardy was such an asshole on set that really? Charlie Theron doesn't want to work with him anymore. Really? And at Cannes, just recently, he w- he apologized to George Miller about how he acted and everything. Really? Yeah. Well, that's cool. Good for him. Yeah. I mean, not he, good he, for him being an asshole, but good for him for apologizing. But I've heard that about him because he gets so locked into... He's such a method actor yeah. that he becomes kind of an asshole on set. Which is not an excuse, by the way. No, I don't um, think so either, but... Yeah. Um, I mean, I, that, I've read many stories about Tom Hardy being that way. He, uh, he just didn't get 
what George Miller was going for, and then he saw the cut, and he's like, oh, geez, yeah. I totally could have done this better. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Interesting. So yeah. I, I hope they come back. I, I don't think, because uh, interview with Charlie Theron, she says she doesn't think she wants to come back. Well, and I don't think, if you make another Mad Max movie, I don't think you make that one. Oh, like, no, no. Because the sequel to the Mad Max movie has to have Mad Max in it, and if you make a sequel to Mad, if you make a movie with Mad Max in it, it better not have any of these other characters. Like, he is not a character who who should be in a continuing story. Um, I don't want to know... I don't want to know what he could do to make the world that Charlize Theron lives in better. He already did that, you know? Well, I mean, if you made, like, uh, just a Charlize Theron separate movie. Right, yeah. Um, I, I think... I, and, too, you know, reading that where they shot was really hard because it was, yeah. like, 120-degree days. and Oh, yeah. And what you're doing is... I mean, it, it looked miserable. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, right? Well, and if you're... If you're um, Tom Hardy and you spend like however much time he spent just strapped to the front of a truck, like, which, oh, fucking, how cool is that? Like, there's a whole action scene that just starts with the hero tied to a pole at the front of a car. Um, and that's the way you feel, honestly, going into that action scene. It's just like. And they, they introduced another uh, thing to his mythos that he's like this. Because he's a universal do- blood donor, like he's like almost destined to be like a hero, like oh, yeah. and help people. Yeah, which that part's cool. Yeah, um, I, I like when he blocked an arrow going into his head and yeah, he like hand. pierced his head oh, with his hand. Cool. Yeah, and he had to pull it out. Yeah, that was awesome. Well, and even things like that, they, they keep they reference that a bunch of times earlier, like in a movie that is just trying to be a a like big showy action movie it would be totally acceptable for you to have um and and where the plot is so thin it would be totally acceptable to have like well okay there's some characters here but they don't really do much like we don't learn much about them there's certainly no questions asked there's a bunch of stuff that i want to rewatch it just to figure out like you know he he has these weird flashes where the little girl shows up and like makes him like make that move you know like that little girl is protecting him in the end, because she does that enough times that then he catches that bolt. Um, like, what does that mean? And why is that there? And uh, The writer on the podcast loves a movie that doesn't have a plot. <laughs> yeah, like <laughs> because even though it doesn't really have a plot, they still have great characters in it. That's why that's part of yeah. why I'm so blown it has away. It a plot, it's just shallow. It's, it's threadbare. It's, yeah. it's A to B, B to A. Yeah. You know? Um, it's there just to put the characters into a place where they can have these cool car chases on uh, in the desert. And you don't need a lot to get that going. Um, but even the plot that's right, like the real plot is, okay, there's this guy, he's got these women that he's like banging constantly and they want to get away. So she steals them away. But all that stuff happens off screen. You didn't need to show us any of that. All we needed to know was like, there's women, there's a creepy old dude. We know exactly what the score is. Like, we don't need mm-hmm. you to explain it. Uh, we just need you to have action scenes and get them safely away. Um, man. Can we go see this movie again? Yes. Let's go see. Right let's now. go see Mad Max. <laughs> Shit. Um, next week you'll be able to see us live at Denver Comic Con. We'll yeah. be doing a couple things. Uh, we are doing the Alan Tudyk panel and Mitch, the last name I can't pronounce, from the X Files. Pelegi. What is it? Pelegi. 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 Something like that. Yeah. Um. So James will be doing that panel. Um, <laughs> you asked. I cool. will be at the booth showing Jean-Claude Van Damme's Dan Van. Yep. So we'll Sweet. be there. Make sure you sit down and talk to us. We we want to hear from everybody, fans included. Um, next week, we are seeing Poltergeist. 
Oh, okay. I think is the next week's movie. My wife really wants to see that movie. All right. Also Poltergeist. Um, I think. Yeah. I, I forget what else is coming out. But um, you'll see us at the theaters. Make sure you go to Alamo Draft House in Denver. If you're in L.A., make sure you see our friend Jonathan Tiersten, May 19th at the West Hollywood House of Blues. Um, oh, speaking of the Draft House, Open Screen Night's moving to the Draft oh, House. Oh, yeah. And Ooh. starting July 9th. And July 9th, Open Screen... Hey, what else is on July 9th? Nothing special. Are you sure? <laughs> Uh, about th- 33 years, sure. <laughs> All right. It's also Brad's birthday, July 9th, so... Um, it wasn't my... wasn't planning on it. Yeah, it's how it worked out. <laughs> You're like, oh, my ego, my ego. Oh, yeah, stroke it. <laughs> um, so, yeah, Open Screen Night moves to a really cool theater. Yeah, it's going to be fun. You got to... If you want to be a part of it, you got to submit online ahead of time. There's no at the table anymore. Yeah, so it's, it's different. <laughs> just go to openscreennight.com. Cool. Um, so, yeah, very cool. Um, oh, dude, how cool is it when they're like... Sitting on the on the on the front of the truck, and he, the guy's like drinking gasoline and spitting it into the engine. <laughs> oh, make it go faster! Oh my god! Oh. I might go see this again today. What I, a lovely day! I really might. Oh, so good. <laughs> All right, thanks. Thank you. Bye. Bye. See you at Denver Comic Con. Yeah. Visit our website, realnerdspodcast.com. You can tweet us at real underscore nerds. You can email us even. RealNerds at gmail.com. Like us on Facebook. Hey, stream us on Stitcher. You want to call us? 720-6Nerds5. And download us on iTunes. Just search Real Nerds. Thank you, Joe Kempter, for the wonderful voiceover. And also, Spark Mandrill, for the wonderful late-night jazz-smooth sounds of movies. You can find them on SoundCloud. This has been a Nebulous Visions production. I love Kevin. I love Kevin. I know you're tired, huh, buddy? Yeah. Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. What? What? Fred? Is this too loud? <laughs> no. Is this better? Yeah, that's really good. No, don't talk that quiet. That's really bad. Be louder than that. Be louder than that. Oh, that sounds good. Now I just have to not go really loud into the mic. I'm just going to chop that up and repeat it. (laughs) (laughs) Now say my ass. Put that shit after the credits. My ass. No, no, don't really do that. So how do you feel about Tom Brady's deflating balls? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my ass. Uh-huh. Oh. Here's the thing. All that stuff is so blown out that if you did it, it would just it would sound horrible. Oh, he'll get it. I'm gonna cut blown out and my <laughs> ass. <laughs> Alrighty. Uh, I think we're good to go. Welcome to Real Nerds Podcast, unofficially the official podcast of Denver Comic Con. We bring you a new movie every week. I'm going to start over. <laughs> I was going to say, man, you haven't been that weak to start in like a, two what years. What year is it? Right. <laughs> that was really good. So how do you feel about Tom Brady's balls? Uh, uh, put that shit blown out my ass. <laughs>